you're listening to Bloomberg Law. Iowa is now one of the most gun-friendly states in the nation. A new law signed by Governor Kerry Branstad will, among other things, let children use handguns under adult supervision, enhance existing stand-your-ground laws, and let permit holders carry weapons in places like the state capitol. With us to talk about this new law is George Moxery. He's a professor at Southern Illinois University School of Law, and he co-wrote the first law school casebook on the Second Amendment. Uh, George, welcome. Before we get into the, the law, I, I want to mention that the nonprofit group Everytown for Gun Safety has publicly criticized this new law. That is a, a group co-founded by, Mike, by Michael Bloomberg, who's the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg Radio. George, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, there are a lot of provisions in this law, some of which I mentioned, some of which I haven't. What do you think is the most significant part of it? Thanks for having me, Greg. I think the, the most important ones, if I had to sort of point to two or three of them, are the first is a stand-your-ground provision. Um, the, the second is the one that bars uh, the state from confiscating firearms and, and sort of imposing extra limits on firearm ownership and use during state emergencies. Um, and third is the one about permit holder confidentiality. Uh, you know, the, the, the state is not allowed to, to give out to the public, um, to make public the, the registries of, of concealed carry uh, permit holders. So, George, the stand your ground provision expands from outside your home or business to basically anywhere. Isn't there a high probability that that could lead to confusion? And let's say someone's drunk and a fight breaks out. Is that likely to increase gun violence? So it shouldn't. Um, And the main reason to believe it shouldn't is that it hasn't in other states where stand-your-ground laws um, have been passed. But uh, another reason is that, uh, you know, someone who's drunk uh, or someone who's intoxicated, someone who is in the wrong, more generally speaking, cannot uh, claim the benefit of a stand-your-ground law. So it, it doesn't apply to attackers, for example. Um, it, it still only applies in situations where deadly force is used against an individual. And there's no reason to believe, to, to use your example of the, the intoxicated person, that someone who's intoxicated would think that because of a stand-your-ground law, he's now allowed to use his firearm when, um, in the absence of a stand-your-ground law, he wouldn't. You know, it, it's... It, Presumably under that situation, in the improper use of a firearm by someone who's intoxicated, the intoxication is causing the problem and causing him to attack, and that's never okay. George, you mentioned the the, the change in the rules governing states of emergency. <coughs> Can you just tell us a little more about, about the, the, the change in the law there? Yeah. So in, in many states... Um, you know, where the governors can, can declare states of emergency, the, 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 the governor and the police and, and the, the state government in general um, has greatly broadened powers uh, over its citizens in many ways, right? It can, it can prevent, uh, it, can, it can impose curfews, for example, right? Prevent people from moving about freely and so on. Um, what this law says is that in those situations where uh, the government is least able to protect its citizens, almost by definition, because there's an emergency going on. The government cannot take away, the state government cannot take away from the individuals the ability to protect themselves. And that's exactly what happened uh, after Hurricane Katrina uh, in Louisiana. Um, firearms were confiscated from, from law, law-abiding gun owners who were using or, or potentially, I should say, would have, you, you know, may have had the need to, to protect themselves at a time when, when uh, the, the state police forces were most unable to do anything, of course, and, and that's sort of common knowledge. We know about all the looting and all this that was going on. Um, 
you take away the means from an individual to protect him or herself in that situation, and, and really bad things can happen. George, the magazine Guns and Ammo ranked Iowa number 38 among the best states for gun owners, top of the list, Arizona, Vermont, Alaska. Will this bill put Iowa at the top of the list? Uh, It won't put it at the top. Um, It'll certainly move it up in the list, though. But generally speaking, most of these provisions are not unusual uh, for gun-friendly states. Um, uh, For example, what Iowa still requires that other states like Arizona and Vermont do not are permits not only to carry handguns, but even to purchase them. So in Iowa, you still need to get a separate permit that I believe is good for a year to purchase a handgun. Uh, States like Vermont and Arizona, which, which are near the top of the list, don't require a permit to purchase, and they don't require a permit to carry either. So one is, you know, one is allowed by state constitutional right to carry a firearm um, without, without getting a permit for it. George, uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. George Moxery, Southern Illinois University School of Law professor, talking about Iowa's new gun law.